Come on. Quick ask before we get started today, I am working to help people lead happier and more contented lives. My part of that is money. So if you enjoyed today's episode or if you've enjoyed past episodes, please take a minute and leave a quick review on iTunes. Subscribe. That helps uh, the show climb up the rankings and helps more people uh, find it. So thanks a lot. Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Jamie Gibbs. Jamie, are you ready to do this? I am. Excellent. Let's do this. Jamie is a budgeting coach who helps people better manage their family finances. She knows how many families struggle with debt and believes that a blend of time, effort, and faith can help overcome those obstacles. I'm excited to have you on. Jamie, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Hi, George. Thanks for having me on today. Um, Before I introduce myself, I wanted to uh, give you a shout out and say congratulations on making Investopedia's top 100 advisors list. That's an honor. Well, thank you so much. And it definitely is. (laughs) So I'm Jamie. I'm from bubblingbrookbudgets.com. We've been married for about 20 years now. We live in the upper Midwest. I have two boys, two basset hounds and a bearded dragon. A bearded dragon. <laughs> yes, that would be my teenage son's pet. I, and I don't, I, I don't know what that is. <laughs> it's, I, I guess, it's a lizard, a, a reptile of some form. But yeah, it's, they make great pets. They're high maintenance, but they do make great pets. And, and is it appropriately named? Is it a lizard that has a beard? Yes, when he gets <laughs> angry, he has a beard that puffs out at you. Okay, nice. Well, very and, unique. And and how often is it angry? Not very, thankfully. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yes. Okay, perfect. So, so, yeah. so I, I saw on your website um, one of the the, the, the the prominent lines is that it's not too late to change your life. Tell me how you arrived at that. Well, you know, I, I have this mantra that you can do the hard things and it's never too late to get started. And... I think sometimes, especially women, my audience is largely women, we tend to feel like we're stuck on a hamster wheel and we can talk down to ourselves and we just think that the situation or the struggle that we're in is just too hard or it's too late for us to get started and making our life better, especially once you reach midlife. I know once I hit 40, these things became harder for me. I felt like, oh, wow, I don't feel like I have my future in front of me quite the way that I used to when I was 20. So I I felt like it was really hard to get started on new changes that I wanted to make in my life. So we just kind of came, my husband and I kind of came into this place where, you know what, we can do hard things. It's not too late to get started on new things. It's a one day at a time, a one foot in the front of the other process. And uh, I think other people feel that way too. And I want to let them know that we've been there, we've walked through some hard things, we've lived to tell about it, and that they can do the same thing. I think that's such an important thing, and that's a that's a message I try to bring to people as well, is that you are somebody who can do this. It's available to anybody. It's not going to be easy, right. um, and you're going to have to do the work because we need to get better the same way that we got sick, which is one little bit at a time. Right. 
Uh, you know what? It took it took a while for you to end up in the situation you're in. Yeah. You know, and it's going to take a while to dig back out, but you can do it. And is that well received? Is it, it, it when people hear the message? Is it that they feel empowered by? Okay, Jamie's done this. I I I I I, I believe that she is somebody who could help. How? Tell, tell, tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. So I think that there's there's two types of people. There's some people who just want a quick fix and it's hard for them to roll up their sleeves and get to work because they're used to kind of that fast food mentality. But there's another group of people that do realize the situation that they're in, how they got there, and that it is going to take some effort to get back out of it. One thing that I have found is there's a lot of people out there looking for a mentor. And I think that's especially true with us as women that we're looking for a mentor, someone who has kind of been down the road, you know, maybe they haven't arrived, but they're just a few steps ahead of us and can help them navigate through some of these messy spots in life, especially when it comes to money habits and getting out of debt. Yeah. Yeah. I think that there's a lot of truth in what you just said. There are a lot of people that, that probably just do want a quick fix and whether they really want it or not, I think that we've certainly been conditioned to it and been sold by a lot of people on the internet that say, buy my program and you will, you know, become a millionaire overnight, which is right. BS for the most part. And, <laughs> and then there's folks that realize that it's BS and they're actually willing to, to, to buy into a process of doing the work. Um, and yeah. having a mentor, feeling like you're a part of community, um, I think that that's invaluable and probably, I don't know if it's totally essential, but it's probably pretty essential to help people get through the tough stuff. Right. And, you know, it's, sometimes it's really hard to find a mentor in your day-to-day -day life. Mm -hmm. But that's one thing I love about the Internet and the day and age that we are in now is that you can find a mentor online or through books that you're reading or videos that you're watching on YouTube. And it may not be a mentor that you personally have met or know, but they're out there and available. And there's so many people who want to help you. Yeah. Yeah. There are a lot of resources that, that, that are available. So, well, tell me a little bit about your story. I, I tell me yeah. about, yeah. We have a unique story. Um, we have, been in debt, which is one of the reasons I feel like I'm shouting this from the rooftops. Mm -hmm. We uh, went through the recession and around that time we had a million dollar line of credit. We were self-employed business owners. My husband was building custom homes at the time and with the homes that we were building, we ended up with a million dollar line of credit around the time the recession hit and it was so scary. We had followed you know, good, good financial principles up to that point. So we weren't in uh, personal debt or other things, but we did have business debt and we had a lot of obligations that we just, uh, when the recession came, we sold everything. We shut down everything and paid off all the debt that we could. We sold our house. We took the little bit of profit that we had from the house at the time, the house that we had at the time, and put that into just a small older home and we just kind of bunkered down and rode out the storm. Now, we have uh, several other things, I guess, too, that probably are worth mentioning, but my husband's story is so unique. He was raised in the West Indies and at the time when he was a child, it was a third world country. I don't believe that it is anymore, but he went through some hardship there and ended up 
going to Canada to live when he was about 10 years old and things did not work out there. Ultimately, he ended up in foster care and from foster care ended up moving out on his own when he was 15 years old. And it would be so easy for him to kind of feel like he was a victim (laughs) through all of this. But it's just another part of the story of doing hard things. There's so many hard things that we've had to do in our life, but we've chose to allow them to make us better and not bitter. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. Better and not bitter. I think that that's great. I'm shocked that I've not heard that before. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, so your 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 husband grows up in in effectively a third world country. Most Canada ends up in foster care. So he had, I'm, I'll just label it a pretty rough upbringing. And then you guys meet. Um, you start this company. You're building custom homes. You you go from where he started and, and where you started to probably being what most people would refer to as successful, so successful that somebody extended a million dollars worth of credit to you, and then things go sideways. How hard was it, based on his background and yours, to take that step back and to, 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 to live in a little home? You know, it was it was hard on one level, but there was another part of it where it just felt right. It felt like the right thing to do. I think what was the hardest part of that was we lost several friends during that time. Mm -hmm. And I think there was a kind of a, a rude awakening for us. It felt like we had gained some friendships over the years that were maybe built on our perceived success that we had and when we sold everything when we moved into that little old house (laughs) there were some people who just weren't as friendly to us as maybe they had been in the past and i think that was probably more than the debt or anything else more than paying the, the all of the bills off it was losing friends that we probably really never had to begin with but we thought we had Mm -hmm. it was walking through that that was so hard yeah i certainly imagine and just in the short amount of time that, that we've known each other today, Jamie, I would say that you just lost those people. It doesn't sound like they were probably very high-quality friends in the first place, but That's you never know. You never know. Right. All right. So so you, you, you buy this little house, and then you just get started getting out of debt? How, yeah. How, how, <laughs> tell me about just, that. <laughs> we just dug our way out. You know, actually, by the time we had sold everything, got into that little house, we had we were able we sold um a spec house that we were building which was so scary we really needed to sell this spec house and uh it it didn't start out as a spec house we built this custom home this was one of the very last homes that we did it it was a pre-sold is what we had called it because we already had a committed buyer and this buyer put all these upgrades into this house and really just stretched things to the max and we got ready to close on this house and he was denied closing. Come to find out he had just purchased a BMW right before closing on this house. Mm. They found out about it and they closed down the sale. So we were stuck with this huge custom home. Yikes. Yeah, it was very scary for us. We needed to sell that home to be all right. And uh, thankfully everything worked out. That house did sell to another buyer and everything worked out okay. But what happened then, you know, we kind of got right side up for a while. We lived on beans and rice. 
And ultimately, my husband ended up finding another line of work completely, which did not pay well, but it was something to kind of bite us through because the building market just was non-existent there for a while. And he found this small job and we worked it for maybe a year or two at that point, just getting by, just enough to pay the basic bills. And then he gets laid off from that job. That job ends up going under, he's without work, and then we're on unemployment for months after that. It just felt like we were getting hit by one hard thing after another. And during this time of unemployment, we were getting the unemployment checks, and I had our budget down to the bare necessities. What is the absolute minimum we could live on? There was no money going into sinking funds or emergency funds or anything like that during this time. But we had the budget worked out to where there was a couple dollars left over at the end of each unemployment check after all the money was budgeted for us to go out and rent like a $1 movie to watch. That was our entertainment budget during sure. that time. Yeah. So we we had all these hard times. But one thing that I learned during that time was that you can feel really lonely when you're in the middle of a mess like that. And it's important not to isolate yourself. You've got to stay connected to other people and to positive people. And it's during that time that you really have to dig in and learn to what I call wrestle well. Lisa Turkhurst, yeah, she she wrote that book and has the term wrestle well that she shares in there. That's that's just stuck with me. But it also is uh, similar to something Donald, Donald Miller. I don't know if you're familiar with the book Story Brand and Donald Miller. I'm not. He's just great leadership concepts that he puts out. But he says that he believes the biggest killer of our potential success is that we fall into the trap of playing the victim. And this is something we talked about briefly earlier with my husband, because I always think about how easy it would have been for him when he was younger to kind of fall into this victim mentality. It's the idea that everything in life is against me. I've been through all these hard things. Nothing is for me versus the thought everything in life is coming together to help me and I can use that to my advantage. It's such a difference between being the victim versus being the victor. Um, This is something we've also tried to teach our kids as they have grown up is you get to choose your reaction to life events. Life events happen to you, things are going to happen, but you get to choose how you're going to react to them. And we've tried to live that out in ways like when they were young and they fell down and skinned their knees, I didn't want to run to them and cuddle them and pick them up and, oh my goodness, are you okay? But I would step back, assess the situation and be like, wow, you're tough, you know, you're strong. And I would try to feed that kind of thinking into them so that when a bad thing happened, they wouldn't feel sorry for themselves or expect other people to feel sorry for them. It's a Again, not having a victim mentality, but I'm the victor, I'm in charge. I choose my reaction to the situations that I'm in. There was also a time, you know, we went out for a family walk around uh, Lake Michigan. We were over in uh, Indiana at the time. We were walking around Lake Michigan and the weather was beautiful. We got out down at the end of a pier and looked over the lake and saw that these storms were moving in so fast, just a black sky. And we were like, oh my goodness, we took off running to the car. We didn't make it to the car in time before the rain just started coming down in buckets. And we got in the car, we were laughing. You know, so many other 
people would have been caught in a situation like that and they would have been oh man this just ruined my day we're drenched the stinks it was going to be beautiful out here and then we got all this rain we got poured on but we made it a fun situation we laughed about it we said wow what an adventure that was hilarious can you believe what happened this is going to make such a great story let's go back let's tell nana and papa you know what happened to us this is so crazy it's just a part of kind of grooming them for how to think as they grow up and as they become young adults because we don't want to be the victim we want to be the victor and it was the same thing during the times when we were in the recession or when my husband had lost his job when we were living on those unemployment checks is how can i look at the situation that i'm in and make the best of it what can i learn from this situation well you know what it was during the time we were on the unemployment check that i learned to budget better than I'd ever learned to budget before. That's when I learned how to cook the cheap meals, how to cook healthy, but on such a strict budget. It's when I learned couponing and all of these things that I'm so thankful I have the skill set for now. How you look at something makes all the difference. So everything you've been talking about, I could not agree more. The mindset and how you look at it at one instance, it's falling down and skinning your knee, it's moving into a smaller house, it's trying to figure out how to get out of debt, it's everything. It's it's the kind of work that you're doing and recognizing and finding the impact you have, no matter no matter how tough that might be. It's it's making a choice to want to have that, for lack of a better term, a positive outlook. And then taking advantage and, and learning all these skills that you just talked about, like like how to how to really manage your cash flow, how to how to feed your family on a very limited budget, how to how to find coupons. So start yeah. with the mindset and then find skills which are all around us to be able to save money. Right. Yeah, there's a, a, a phrase that I use sometimes. It's called stinking thinking. I don't yeah. want to fall prey to stinking thinking. You know, I have to find reasons to be grateful. We all do. We, If we can focus on what we can be grateful for instead of the things we can whine or complain about, it makes all the difference in the world. You know, look deep into situations, discover the lessons you can learn from them because they help us grow and they're going to help us accomplish the hard things that we need to do today and the hard things that we need to do in the future. That's right. Well, Jamie, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? All right, so my difference-making tip, remember that there is tremendous power in your perspective. Because if you find yourself in the middle of some really hard things or in the middle of some stinking thinking, you can sit down with a piece of paper and at the top of that paper, write down the big thing you're struggling with and beneath it, brainstorm all the lessons you are learning in that process, no matter how small the lesson, write it down. It helps you move forward with the right attitude. Well, that is great stuff. That definitely gets a come on. Come on. And I, again, could not agree with that anymore. So I think that that's awesome. Well, Jamie, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? Uh, my website. It's bubblingbrookbudgets.com. B-U-B-B-L-I-N-G-B-R-O-O-K budgets.com. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Jamie your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Go to bubblingbrookbudgets.com. Check out all the great stuff they have on the website. Thank you again, Jamie. Thank you. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. 
before I go, quick announcement. I've been asked by so many people over the past couple of years about how do I start a podcast that I've developed and released a course that will teach you exactly how to do that step-by-step from figuring out the kind of show that you want to have to understanding how all the technology works behind it and then how to get great guests and uh, keep the thing moving and how to grow it. So if you're interested in that, check it out. You can go to georgegrombacher.com forward slash podcast course and you'll find it there. You can just go to the website. I'll also list that in the notes of the show. What's up, Savage Nation? Please support the show by subscribing, leave us a review, and definitely feel free to share us with somebody you think would like it. Come on.